Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate the opportunity to come and share God's Word. Um, Pastor Mark and, and I are friends for a few years, but more so in the last year. And I've been kind of standing in the background cheering you guys on as, as this has turned into something greater than what it was. And uh, we're blessed to hear how God is working in and amongst your church community as a, as a classes, as a regional grouping of churches, and also as a denomination. So we're grateful to God for you and the ministry that Pastor Mark and Deborah are bringing to you. My name is Martin, and I grew up in Hamilton, Ontario. And I'm an Ontario boy, but uh, I spent about eight years in Michigan. And uh, after living in Michigan for eight years, we came to Bowmanville, Ontario to plant a church. And so our church is about 15 years old. And uh, I love to stay connected with church planting and one of the reasons why I get to be a cheerleader for Pastor Mark and Deborah on this journey. But while I was in Michigan, there was a, uh, an incident that happened to me. I don't know if you've ever had this experience before, but uh, maybe you've had that moment between wakefulness and dreams where you're not quite sure whether or not you're awake or whether you're dreaming. Have you ever had that before? You probably had that experience where you kind of thinking, that, that just can't be, that's still my dream, I'm trying to wake up. Well, I had this experience at the place we were living at in Michigan. I woke up in the morning and I thought I was dreaming uh, and I heard babies crying and just crying and crying and crying. And as I woke up, I thought to myself, we don't have babies anymore. We have like elementary school kids. And I thought for sure babies were crying. It's three o'clock in the morning, I get out of bed, I look out the window, and there on the fence are two cats screaming at each other. And it sounded just like babies crying. I kid you not. And so what I did in order to handle the situation was that I yelled at them from across the yard. And you know cats, right? They just kind of did that and went back screaming at each other. They just completely ignored me. But it was so loud, there was no way that I was gonna get back to sleep. So I went downstairs, threw open the sliding door and yelled at them again. And of course they did nothing. They just looked at me and then started screaming at each other. And so I picked up a milk jug out of the recycling box that was sitting next to the patio door and I threw it across the yard at the fence. It hit the fence and the cats looked at me and kept screaming at each other. So now I'm mad, right? And now I'm thinking, I've got to do something in order to change this screaming cat scenario so that I can get back to sleep. So now I'm running across the yard and I'm trying to scare these cats. And I go straight up to the fence and I scream really loud at them and they finally jump off and now they're running around in my yard. And I thought to myself, I'm going to catch them. And I start running after the cats and then I had this moment of clarity. I had this moment that comes upon you just occasionally. And I thought to myself, Martin, you're running around in the yard at three o'clock in the morning in your underwear, and you have no idea where the clothesline is. It was a moment of clarity. Sometimes you get those moments of clarity where you think to yourself, what am I doing? <laughs> what is going on with me? Those moments of clarity don't come often, but when they do, <laughs> it changes you. When I was in grade three, I had uh, this experience in grade three. Now, uh, I'm 54 years old. I'm going to be 55 soon. I, I hate saying that word. 
Uh, but I'm going to be 55 soon. And when I was in elementary school in grade three, we had this magical device. It was state-of-the-art technology. Uh, the teacher put a record on and the record was connected to a box in the middle of the table and there was eight ways to plug in and the headphones actually had cords back then and so we would plug it in and each of us had our own volume and it was great you could listen to a record with eight of your classmates and then the other eight would be on the other side of the room and they would be doing something quietly and we would do something quietly except that the kid next to me decided that he was going to turn up his volume but instead grabbed mine and he kept turning it up and turning it up. And I'm like, this louder and louder and louder. And I finally yelled at the top of my lungs, stop. And everybody in the room looked at me. And I threw my headphones on the ground because it was hurting my ears. Sometimes the noise is so loud in our lives that we actually can't hear what anyone else is saying, let alone God. You know, there are moments of clarity when you get to hear the voice of God in your life. And there are moments when you have to take away all of the distractions so that you can actually hear the voice of God. That's what I want to talk to you about today. I want to talk to you about hearing the voice of God. There are a lot of times in our life when we're not paying attention. The noise, the cell phones, the busyness of work, kids, the, whatever the distractions are, are so loud that we can't hear the voice of God. And there are sometimes when moments of clarity could actually change the direction of your life. But everything is so crazy that you can't hear God speak. And if you're like me, you've got your fair share of problems. I've got problems, I've got back problems, I'm 55, and that's a problem for me, maybe not for anybody else, but it's a problem. You've got your problems, and I've got mine. And maybe problem solving is ineffective for you, because sometimes it is for me, and what I realize is that when I'm quiet and I'm praying, or when I stop long enough to listen to God, most of my problems can be answered by listening for the voice of God. Most of my problems are because I choose to make bad mistakes. I don't know if you can identify. Problems arise in your life. We need moments of clarity. We need to put aside the noise so that we can hear God. And I would imagine in your life as it is in mine that most of my problems get solved when I listen for God to speak. Are you paying attention to those moments in your life right now? Are you paying attention to those moments that God wants to get your attention? I want to talk to you about a term called kairos. It's a Greek word that basically means a moment in time. Now, we're more familiar with chronos, which is kind of like your watch. It takes a record of time. It counts time down, right? A chronograph or uh, there's even a watch called a chrono, uh, chronos watch. But I want to talk to you about kairos, same root word. And it means a snapshot, a moment, a moment of clarity, a moment when God can actually reach in and speak to you. Kairos are those moments when God gets your attention. He wants to break through into the moments of your life so that you can experience growth in your relationship with him. 
He wants to speak to you. He wants to give you his word so that you can apply it to your life. You see, that's where transformation happens. We can hear the word of God all that we want. We can praise the Lord. We can stand and lift our hands in the air. But if we don't actually put God's word into practice in our lives, it will not transform us. Obedience. And it takes clarity and being willing to stop long enough to listen. Now, maybe the rhythm and the timing of your life is off because you've been listening to the voice in your head instead of to the voice of God. If we don't silence those competing voices and pay attention when God speaks, we're going to miss out on Him trying to get our attention. So I want to tell you, I want to share with you a portion of Scripture. It comes from 1 Samuel chapter 3. It's the story of young Samuel as a boy. Now the backstory of this little man is that his mother Hannah was barren. She couldn't get pregnant and she goes to Eli the priest and, uh, at the temple of God and calls out to God for healing upon her life. She quieted herself long enough to pray and to listen for God's response and God healed her and she gave birth to Samuel and she made a promise to God that if you give me a child, I will give him to you for service in the temple of God. And she did. As soon as he was weaned, he grew up with Eli and Eli's two sons. Now the problem there was that Eli was raising Samuel. His parents still were in the picture, but they were ra- he was raising Samuel, and yet he wasn't doing a very good job with his own two sons. As a matter of fact, they were stealing from the temple. And Eli uh, didn't stop it. And as a result, what happened was that the voice of God began to get dimmer and dimmer for Eli as he got older, because he let sin go unpunished and uncleansed within the temple. And you'll see why when I read this passage here in just a second. So here's Samuel, a young boy, living with Eli in the temple of God. Samuel chapter 3, verse 1. Meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. Now in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare and visions were quite uncommon. One night, Eli, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed. The lamp of God had not yet gone out and Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. Could you imagine sleeping in the temple right close to the ark of God? The glory of God so close. And yet the voice of God was silent. Suddenly, the Lord calls out, Samuel! Yes, Samuel replied, what is it? So he got up and ran to Eli and said, here I am, did you call me? I didn't call you, Eli said. Go back to bed. And so he did. And then the Lord called out again, Samuel! And again, Samuel got up and went to Eli, here I am, did you call me? I didn't call you, my son, Eli says, now go back to bed. So Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord before. Now I want to speak to those of you who've never heard the voice of God in your life. You've never been sure that God was speaking to you. You see, because God is not a God who gives up too easily. Already three times he's called out to Samuel even though he didn't recognize that voice. And I want to tell you that sometimes The voice that you're hearing in your head is actually God's voice to you, but you're not recognizing it. We need to be open to the spiritually uh, communicated voice of God to us 
And it comes when we pay attention, when we put away all the busyness, and we open ourselves up to listening to God. Many of you are going to find yourself in positions where you're willing to serve God and you want to do it because you love God, but you've never heard God speak to you. I want to promise you that if you stay with the communion that you have with the Holy Spirit and with the the Lord God Almighty, He will speak to you. Listen to the Word of God. So the Lord called a third time. And once more Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? And then Eli realized that it was the Lord calling the boy. And so he said to Samuel, go and lie down again. And if someone calls again, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And so Samuel went back to bed and the Lord came and called as before. Samuel, Samuel. Would you be willing to pray a bold prayer with me? I want to stop here for a moment, and I want you to pray this bold prayer with me. Now, I'm going to have to give you a bit of a warning before I ask you to pray this with me, and I really want you to. On the other side of this screen, wherever you are, wherever you're sitting, you can close your eyes and pray this with me. But I want to give you a warning first. This prayer comes with a warning. Because if you pray this prayer, then you are opening yourself up to an act of obedience to God. And obedience to God requires that you do something with what God might actually say to you. That's the kind of warning that I want you to hear because if you're going to pray this with me, God may just speak to you. He might share with you insight, thought, a vision, a dream. But it's no good to you unless you put it into practice. And if God is actually speaking to you, Wouldn't it be wise to do what he asks? If you're willing to pray that prayer with me, I want you to do that with me right now. It's the six words that Samuel prayed in this passage. And it goes like this. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. When I left high school, I thought that I would never read a book again. Maybe you had that experience. They say that men don't read much after high school or college. As a matter of fact, if they read one book in their lifetime after that event, they're beyond the average. I didn't think that I was going to ever read anything after high school. I went to work and uh, didn't think I wanted to read anything. And then I got a job where I had to work evening shifts, 3 to 11. And my wife who worked day shifts, that meant that I was home alone quite a bit during the day. And I started reading fiction, and I learned to love to read. I read mysteries, and I read science fiction, and I read theology, I read biographies. I've read a ton of books, and I love to read. And this is what one of my favorite authors, Tim Keller, had to say about reading. He said, that he discovered this over his lifetime through reading and studying. That when you listen to one thinker or you read one thinker, you become a clone. You become like them. Two thinkers and you become confused. Well, wait a minute, this guy said this and now this guy's saying that on the same subject. Ten thinkers and then you'll begin to develop your own voice. Oh, I can see now where I fit in all these uh, views of different things. Two or three hundred thinkers, and you become wise. 
and develop your own voice. I also heard that the average author gives about two years of their life experience to every book that they read. So when you read someone's book, you're learning two years of their life experience. You're gleaning two years of wisdom. So if you think about it in this way, you're gaining two years of life experience for every book that you've read. And I've read about 2,000 books in my life, I guess. I can guess to me. So that makes me 4,000 book years. That's why I have so much gray hair. The scientist Robert Oppenheimer said this. He said, the best way to send an idea is to wrap it in a, up in a person. To wrap it up in a person. The theological word for this is called the incarnation. To wrap up the idea of God's love in a person, Jesus. The best way to communicate an idea is to wrap it up in a person. I mean, in the flesh. And it was God's way of sending his idea to humanity. The Bible says in John chapter 1, verse 14, the word came flesh, the word of God, the scriptures, the Bible, the Old Testament that they had at the time became flesh, became a person in Jesus Christ. And he dwelt among us, says the Bible. Now, I love books and I've read a ton of them, but I've read nothing like this one because this one has changed my life in more ways than I can count. The scriptures speak to us. If I'm talking to you today about Kairos, a moment in time, a snapshot of how God might speak to you, that I'm encouraging you to read the word of God because this is the beginning and the end of how God speaks. Now he uses a lot of other ways, but it all comes back to what the scripture says. If someone says to you, I heard a word from the Lord and it's not in the Bible, or at least the principles cannot be applied from the Bible, I would be worried. If someone says to you, I have a word from you from the Lord, which is against some of the teaching in the scriptures, you know, some people come to me and say, well, you know, we love each other and God loves us and we're called to love one another so it's okay for us to live together before we're married. Well, that's not what the Bible teaches. Well, God is love, isn't he? Well, yes, that's true, but you're not really reading the whole Bible then, are you? The Word of God is the way in which God wants to communicate to you His voice. How well do you know the Bible? Do you know it well enough each day when you read it that it, it seeps into your heart, into your life? The Bible is so powerful for two reasons, because it's living and active. It says in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, the Bible is living and active. We don't just read it, it reads us. The Apostle Paul described it as inspired. And in another translation, it says God breathed. When we read the Bible, we're inhaling what the Holy Spirit has said centuries ago. We're hearing the voice of God. We never get to the bottom of the Bible. No matter how many times we read it, it never gets old because it's timeless and timely. I can't tell you how many times I've read the scriptures and I walked into a situation that helped me make a decision, a choice, uh, to make a, a, a plan, to know that God was with me because the word of God spoke to me that day. I heard the voice of God. The Bible says this in 2 Timothy, the Apostle Paul wrote to young Timothy, and he said, Timothy, oh, 
Scripture is inspired by God. And it's useful to teach us what is true, to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong, and it teaches us to do what is right. It teaches us, generation after generation, what is true. You know, every generation that grows into their own, that comes into their adulthood, needs the truth of God spoken to them once again. And the scriptures teach us the word of God. It helps us to realize moment by moment what's wrong. When I know the word of God, I can, I'm able to say, no, God would not be pleased with that decision. He knows what I need in this moment. I need to move forward in this area. The journey of faith, it corrects our faulty navigation. I'm a sinner. I'm in need of a savior. And I make bad choices. And the Bible corrects me, puts me back on course again. The future. And for the future, it shows us what choices to make. So how do you hear from God from the Bible? I want to tell you that God speaks to us in a lot of ways. He uses people to speak to us. Pastor Mark and I have had many conversations, and, and God has used him to speak to me uh, truth about my life and about my ministry because we had a conversation. God's Spirit used his Spirit to speak to me. And there are events that happen in my life, things that happen to me that I can only be... Uh, uh, explained by the fact that God's providence has led this event to happen. I don't believe in coincidences. I believe in God incidents. And I think that there are ways that God gets our attention. He speaks to us through our pain. But the primary way is through the scripture. So how do you hear from God? I want to I give you a very simple way for you to hear from God. It, it works all the time. I still do it today. I've done it for years and I've taught it to literally hundreds of people. How do you hear from God? You read a portion of scripture, start with that. And then you read until God speaks to you. Something draws your attention. A moment of clarity happens where you think, oh, that's interesting. Or, oh, I never read that before. Or I wonder what this means. And you take a moment to just write down a few notes to say to yourself, if you haven't got a pen and paper, dictate it on your phone, what is God saying in the text? If I was to summarize what he was saying to me in these verses, what would I say that God is saying? And then the second question is, what is God saying to me? If God is saying this in the, in the passage, if he's saying this in the text, if God is saying all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives, he's saying that the Bible I can listen to, it helps me, it corrects me. And now I ask the question, what is he saying to me? And the question that I've got to ask is, God, where in my life do I need some correction? Where do I need your teaching? Where do I need you to put me back on track again? And then, ah, something pops into my mind. And I write this down. I dictate it on my phone. I do what I need to do in order to remember it. What is God saying in the text? Secondly, what is God saying to me? And now the most important part. Because you can go to... Uh, YouTube and watch some great preachers. You can uh, order some great books. You can uh, listen to Pastor Mark's sermons. You can listen to mine for that matter. But if you don't do this third one, then you've lost the point of listening to the voice of God. The third point is, what are you going to do about it? If God really is speaking to you in the text, 
And he, you recognize that for you in this moment, when I read this, that he's speaking to me, then my response should be, God, what do you want me to do? Sometimes all God wants is for you to step closer to him in love and compassion and mercy. Recognize God's attributes. Uh, uh, revel in God's glory. Spend time with him. That's our covenant relationship with God. But sometimes God might be asking you to do something. That's God's kingdom work for you. And he might be asking you to forgive someone. He might be asking you to show mercy to someone. He might be asking you to share your faith story with someone so that they might get to know this Jesus that you love. Read the word of God. What does the text say? What is it saying to me? And what am I going to do about it? If you haven't already, download a reading plan in your, your, if your smartphone. Uh, the YouVersion Bible app is my favorite. Not only does it have the versions of the Bible and everything that you can imagine and all the languages you can imagine, but it has reading plans and it has devotionals. And if you're not a reader, it's got video devotionals that you can watch. Get the Word of God into your heart and into your life. Join a small group. Uh, get together with Pastor Mark and Deborah and join a small group on Mondays. Allow yourself to be taught the Word of God that it might seep into your heart and your soul. Have real conversations with people about the Word of God so that you might hear the voice of God in your life. But reading's only the first step. Reading's the most important way in order to hear God's voice, but you'll hear God speak in other ways. But the question always comes back, what am I going to do about it? For some of you, you struggle with staying accountable with the Word of God, uh, keeping on track with your Bible reading, um, saying no to sin in your life. And, and if you're like me, I have needed people in my life who could come alongside me and hold me accountable weekly to the path that I know is righteous and holy. Maybe you need to ask someone to be your accountability partner. Ask them to read scripture with you in order so that you can stay on track together. Ask someone to ask you the hard questions. Be accountable. Set a plan and be accountable. You see, you know, I wonder what would happen if we all agreed to read one gospel and read until we heard the voice of God for us. We felt the Spirit of God speaking to us. Something caught our attention. Something gave us a question that needed to be answered. Something in the text spoke to us. If we read until we had that moment, and then we all went out and did what God asked of us, I wonder what would happen in our world. The Bible describes it this way, that your kingdom would come, and your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Let me pray for you. Father in heaven, I thank you so much for the word of God. It is sharper than a two-edged sword. It cuts to the bone. It convicts me of my sin. But God, it is the reminder of the message of the cross that Jesus Christ came to save me from my sins and that he loves me unconditionally and that my life is yours. Lord, give us the courage to step out in faith and put into practice the word of God, that we might have those moments of clarity, God, those kairos moments when we hear your voice and do what you ask. In Jesus' name, amen.